for comforting our hearts through that beautiful song. Heavenly Father, many, many times we don't understand your ways. They're higher than ours. Your thoughts are higher than ours. But Father, as we just heard, when we can't understand, help us, Lord, to just trust your heart and know that you will do all things well and it will all be for our good. Now, bless our time in the word, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. If you'll take your Bibles with me, we're continuing our series in study in the Psalms, but turn to Psalm 37. Now, our scripture reading this morning, it, uh, it, it was a different Psalm, 143. But that's a t- tag on at the end. It fits in our, our study this morning. But uh, this is going to be probably the fastest sermon I ever preached. Yes, uh, unexpected this morning, all these things that went on. And, uh, and so I'm, I'm going to, let me put it this way. This Psalm, Psalm 37, David, David throughout his life was always concerned about how the enemies were getting away with stuff. His enemies seemed to prosper. His enemies, the wicked, just seemed to, to be almost blessed. And this, and it bothered him. He, he tried to handle it on his own, but then he came to a place in his life where he began to realize that God had a remedy on how to take away his righteous indignation. And we're going to look at, this is a beautiful psalm. I encourage you to read the whole psalm sometime this week. But we're just going to look at very quickly at verses 1 through 8. 1 through 8. David had a lot of pressures in his life and no doubt a lot of worry and anxiety. And maybe you came here this morning with anxieties and worry and maybe anger. But let's look what he says. And it's interesting that this psalm is not written to the Lord, but it's written to the people of Israel. So this message is so appropriate for all of us this morning and can speak to our hearts. So he begins, Do not fret, verse 1, because of evildoers. Do not be envious toward wrongdoers or those that that do evil. We look at this first verse here, and then we see that right away David says, Hey, folks, stop fretting about those who are around you, who you see, who are in your life, who may be doing evil, getting away with it, getting away with so-called murder. Don't lose sleep over it. The Hebrew word for fret here is chara, C-H-A-R-A-H. Literally, it means to burn slowly or to be kindled with anger. Like if you're building a fire, you're starting a fire, um, and then it gets extremely hot. That's what this word means. And it has to do with our anger. This word fret in the Hebrew is referring to how we get 
angry over, over things that people have done to us or evil that's, that, that uh, is not being punished. There's injustice. There's all kinds of things. And then we, we get so upset and, and then we just carry this burning indignation and anger in, in our hearts. And David was like that. But he learned something. Look at verse 2. He says, For they will wither the wicked, the envious, I'm sorry, the wicked or the wrongdoers. They will wither quickly like the grass and fade like the green herb. David's saying, Don't worry about them. Their day is coming. You know, what you see now, it's going to be gone in an, in an instant, and God will deal with their evil one day. But you, don't fret about it. Don't get angry over it. Don't let anger simmer in our minds and hearts. And it's so easy, especially in our country today, when we see the evil that is all around us. Evil that suddenly, the things that are evil are considered good. The things that are good are considered evil. And, and, and it just makes you so angry and upset. And David found remedy for worry and anger and fear and anxiety. And he's going to share those with us right now. And so you might call these, how many take vitamins? Do you take vitamins this morning? Good, good. My wife makes sure I take them. And uh, so... Uh, it, I'm sorry, it doesn't look like I take them, but she, she gives them to me every morning. But those vitamins, they're supposed to, they, they help, they fortify, you, you nourish you and strengthen you. Here's four vitamins from David, okay, to put in your medicine cabinet, so to speak, all right? So he begins, all right? So how do we stop fretting and worrying and being angry all the time about what's happening to me? Whether it be a family member, a relative, a relationship, a co-worker, or, or, or what's all around me. Number one, look at verse three. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and cultivate faithfulness. Faithfulness. Cultivate faithfulness. The first you might say vitamin that David gives us in overcoming worry is this trust in the Lord. Trust in the Lord. You know, someone once said, worry is like a rocking chair. It gives you something to do, but doesn't get you anywhere. And maybe today in this past week, You've been filled with anger and worry and all kinds of, of emotions that have, have kind of kept you prisoner. David began to learn how to be free from that anger. Though it may be justified, righteous indignation. When we see evil, we should be angry. But we cannot let that anger consume us to the point where we lash out and we do things that then will displease the Lord. But the first thing is here, he said, trust the Lord. The word trust in the Hebrew means to be secure in or to put one's full confidence in. 
In the New Testament, the same word in the Greek is translated faith or believing. So basically, David's saying, you're upset, you're angry, you're worrying. First off, trust in the Lord. That's where it begins. I've got to trust that God knows what he's doing. God has a plan and God is going to see me through and he's going to take care of one day. He's going to deal with the wicked and the sin and everything else. I have to keep my mind focused on him, my heart in complete trust, believing by faith that he is going to take care of me and he's got a plan for my life, no matter how bad it gets, no matter what happens, trust. And notice that while trusting, we're to do something, David says. We must do good, dwell in the land. That dwell in the land means kind of like bloom where you're planted. God put you here in Jonestown. This is where you had no choice, maybe. But here you are. God planted you here. He wants you to dwell in the land, this land right here in your life, in your world, and do good. And while you're doing good, we are to cultivate faithfulness. And I don't think there's a greater characteristic uh, in, in a Christian's life that, that portrays God and our Lord Jesus Christ than faithfulness. That I would be faithful to his word and faithful in, in, his, in, in what he's called me to do. But trust. And of course, when you think of the word, what, what scripture comes to your mind when you think of trust in the Lord? Is there a certain? Yeah, you got it. Very good. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Let's say it all together. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not unto your own understanding, but in all your ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct your path. You know, I wonder why I'm, I'm, I'm all topsy-turvy and I'm all, you know, discombobulated. Don't know what, what I'm going to do with this situation or dealing with these people that have been mean to me or angry at me and, uh, or, or hurt me and, and, and they're getting away with it. I need to trust in the Lord and know that he will direct my path. But then let's look at the second vitamin, verse 4. David then says, Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. He will give you the desires of your heart. The second vitamin David gives us, to overcome worry is to delight in the Lord. The Hebrew word here for delight is the word anag, A-N-A-G, anag. Now, maybe you dropped the A this morning and, husband, you felt like you were nagged this morning. But this is anag, which ta talks about uh, delighting. Delighting in someone. It literally means to rejoice in or find enjoyment in. In other words, David is saying, my remedy for my anger against evil and things that have happened to me and dealing with my anxieties is I've got to delight in the Lord. When, I have to ask myself, when was the last time I delighted in the Lord? Where I, I just... 
I had such joy as, as I communed with the Lord, meditated upon his word, and spent time in prayer and just walked with him and, and let God be God and then just trust him, delighting in who he is. You know, we always come to God in a fire escape fashion, don't we? Suddenly when there's a fire in my life, I'm going to run to God. But David learned that throughout his life, he had to walk with the Lord, with delight in the Lord. Delight, delighting in the Lord. And this delight, the word delight is a verb, which means to act on yourself. Okay, we should actively make a choice to delight in the Lord. It's a choice. It's not just going to be a feeling. And then, then he goes on and he says, if you delight in the Lord, he will give you the desires of your heart. Does that mean God's going to give you a blank check and go, hey, what do you want? Here you go. You, you, you're delighting in me. I'll give you anything you want. No, that's not what David is saying here. David isn't saying I get anything I want. But when I am delighting in the Lord, guess what I want? I want his will more than anything else. And then my will will be aligned up with his will then I will have the right kind of desires. And when I have the right kind of desires that are not selfish, God will give me those desires. He will answer those prayers. And he will give me those things. That word desire uh, means petitions or requests. Turn to Philippians chapter 4 quickly with me. Philippians 4, verse 6. And here Paul tells the church in Philippi, Philippians 4, verse 6. Uh, actually, let's pick it up, verse 4. Philippians 4, verse 4. Paul says to the church, Rejoice in the Lord always. <laughs> and again, I will say, rejoice. That's the exact thing that David's saying in Psalm 37. Rejoice in the Lord always is the same as delighting in the Lord. Do I rejoice in who he is and what he's done for me and what he has given me, my salvation, my future? And then verse 5, let your forbearing spirit be known unto all men. The Lord is near. Verse 6, be anxious. There's that worry. Be anxious for nothing. In other words, don't let anything cause you anxiety, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, keyword thanksgiving, let your requests, there's those desires, let your desires or requests be made known to God. And what happens then? We love verse 7. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding or all comprehension, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. I have to ask myself, do I have the peace of God right now? The peace that passes all understanding? I can't have it if I'm not delighting in the Lord. First, I've got to trust him. Second, I've got to get close to him, delight in him. And that means to walk closer with My mother had a uh, an acrostic in her Bible that she wrote for the word delight from this passage. How many, I don't know, maybe some of you have acrostics written in your Bible. But here's my mother's. 
okay, for the word delight. Daily, everything laid into God's hands triumphantly. Let me say that again. All right, for the letters, each letter of the word delight. Daily, everything laid into God's hands triumphantly. Isn't that wonderful? That's the answer. That's the answer. Turn back with me now to Psalm 37. Let's go back. So trust, first vitamin. Second one, delight yourself in the Lord. He'll give you the desires of your heart. The fourth vitamin, verse 5. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust also in him and he will do it. This is the second time he mentions the word trust. But he starts by saying, commit your way to the Lord. The third vitamin here to help overcome our worry is to commit your way unto the Lord. Commit your way unto the Lord. The word commit in the Hebrew here, it's very interesting if you study it. The word Hebrew means to roll onto, to roll onto, to commit. In Genesis 29, 8, when Rachel was prevented from watering Jacob's camels because there was no one strong enough to roll the stone from the well, roll away the stone. The same word, this commit word, is also used in various other passages of Scripture, such as Joshua 10, 18. It was used of Joshua rolling stones over the cave that hid the Canaanite king. So it has this idea of rolling over onto. In other words, David is saying, commit my path to the Lord. I've got to roll over to the Lord all my plans and all that that I uh, all my aspirations and ambitions in life, and I'm going to roll them on to the Lord. I'm going to commit my way to the Lord. Commit to Him. This means let I'm not going to self-govern my life, but I'm going to let God do it as He directs me by His Holy Spirit. Turn to First Peter chapter five. First Peter five, together. And verse 6 and 7. Familiar passage once again. But Peter writes, 1 Peter 5, 6 and 7. Humble yourselves therefore under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you at the proper time. Begins with humbling ourselves before God when we're in the trial, in the fire, when we're getting uh, full of anxiety and and. And all kinds of worry and anger. Verse 7. Casting all your anxiety or care upon him because he cares for you. Cast all your anxiety upon him. That word commit that we talked about there that David used. The idea of rolling something over into the Lord's lap and say, Lord, you have it. I'm rolling it over to you. The word cast here is kind of the same thing. It, and basically, it, it has the idea of, of just throwing it on to the Lord. Casting like a fisherman casts his net out. 
the Lord used it when he gave the parable about the this uh, sower and the seeds. In Luke 8, he said, And that which fell among the thorns are they which, when they have heard, go forth, and speaking about those who hear the gospel, go forth, and they received it initially, and are choked with the cares and riches and pleasures of this life, and bring no fruit to perfection. You see the cares of this life. And so Peter is saying the same thing David is. Cast all your anxiety. Commit your way to the Lord. Cast your anxiety upon the Lord. He will sustain you because you know what? He cares for you. He cares for me. Let's go back then and let's look at the last one. Psalm 37. All right. Let's, and let's add verse 6. Look at verse 6. And he will bring forth your righteousness as the light and your judgment as the noonday. The Lord's going to do all this as we trust, delight, commit in the Lord, commit, commit my way to the Lord. But here is number four, verse seven. Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Do not fret because of him who prospers in his way. Because of the man who carries out wicked schemes. And then look at verse 8. Cease from anger and forsake wrath. And he uses, David uses the word again. Do not fret. It leads only to evil doing. Fretting does no good in my life. If I get angry over everything in my life, what's that going to do me? It's going to make me miserable. And I'm not going to be filled with the Holy Spirit. The final vitamin is rest in the Lord. And the word rest here in the Hebrew literally means to be silent and to be still. To be silent and be still before the Lord. Rest in the Lord. Another word for it is to be quiet. Of course, Psalm 46.10. Be still and what? Know that I am God. The only way I get really close to God is if I shut my mouth. And be still and listen to him through his word, through the Holy Spirit, speaking to my heart. Sometimes we just want to talk, 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 but we're not good listeners. But here we are to be still, rest in the Lord. And with that, part of resting is then waiting patiently for God to work. Are you resting today in the Lord and in his plan for your life? Are you being still before him and saying, all right, Lord, tonight I'm, I'm going to lay back and I'm going to just rest in you. I'm just going to I'm going to trust you. This whole idea of resting in the Lord means contentment. Lord, I'm content with whatever you have planned for me. Four vitamins David gave us this morning. Trust delight, commit, rest. Can you take those with you this week? Take those with you. My brother, uh, as, as you know, is in the hospital. My brother Bevan. And he, uh, I, I, I was able to see him Thursday. My brother sends out 
a little monthly brochure. Some of you in the church have gotten this for years. Our family used to send this out. And then when my brother be- continued the ministry after my mom and dad left, it's called the Hearthstone. Uh, uh, he, you know, he continued on. But it's a little devotional. And, uh, and this was just the last one he, he wrote. And this is the first time he, he was able to finally get enough strength to do it. And, uh, and put in here to, to let supporters and people who are uh, uh, praying for him know what was going on in his life. And I just want to read a portion of it to you here, of what my brother wrote. He wrote in here, and this was, this was a, a while back. This is before, I mean, this is when he, he got the news about the cancer, the bladder cancer. We are so encouraged to now be under the care of the top urologist surgeon. We are 100% confident that God has let, had led us to him. The surgeon's plan moving forward is to do two imaging studies, then exploratory surgery, and then I won't go into some of the other details. And then oncology will likely uh, be, uh, will conduct four weeks of hard-hitting chemo. But everything flipped upside down, and they had to re- remove the bladder and his prostate and because of the cancer and because of how bad it got. And then he, he finished up. He added this. His wife's name is Betts for Betsy, but it's Betts short. As Betts and I go through this, our deepest prayer is that Jesus be seen in us. I want to be a witness for God's glory as I go through each procedure and each upcoming hospital stay. We know that we need to depend wholly on him and his promises in this deep valley. God has entrusted us with this trial for his purposes. We don't want to waste one moment of opportunity in this new season of ministry. He calls it season of ministry laying there in the hospital dealing with his terrible cancer these next few months will not be easy but we want to be submissive and trusting have submissive and trusting hearts knowing that he the lord will carry us through each day i am but a weak and feeble sheep but my shepherd is strong there are many unknowns in the days ahead But these are not unknowns to God. Our surety is in him. Please pray that God will be glorified in and through us on this journey of grace. So he wrote that out to supporters. He didn't know which way this was going to go. We're praying for healing. How we, We shared the miracle of God's miraculous instant healing for Deb Galley. Last night, I received a text from my sister-in-law, if I may share it with you. I wanted to let you know that we got the final results from pathology. Early on, that's when he wrote this Hearthstone, early on when he was first, Bevan was first diagnosed, and through, through the uh, diagnosed and through the PET scan, His doctor felt strongly that the cancer was contained in his bladder, therefore was diagnosed with stage three. But now, with the new pathology, 
from the surgery, it has been discovered that Bevan has stage four bladder cancer and it has spread to the lymph nodes. The oncologist met with us and he said Bevan will need chemo or immune therapy. The actual course of treatment depends on how his kidney function is and his kidneys are weak. We will meet with him in his office one week after Bevan is discharged. They don't know when that'll be. He said that this will be a long fight, but Bevan is going into it uh, as young and healthy, and those are positives. This is not the news we were hoping for, but we trust our good Heavenly Father that this is what is best for us. We just really need to pray for his kidneys to get better so he can get the best chemo for the cancer. From bad to worse. And yet, what are they doing? My brother and his wife, they are trusting. They are delighting in the Lord. They are committed to the Lord's way. They've committed their path to the Lord. And they are resting in him. They are resting. To God be the glory. Great things he has done. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, I pray, Lord, that as we have looked into your word this morning, and we receive these tremendous truths concerning fretting and worrying and getting angry about everything. Lord, that's our nature. But Father, we know that, Lord, if we follow these principles, Father, we will have the peace that passes all understanding. And you will give us contentment in whatsoever state we are in. Give that peace and contentment to each believer here as they seek, Lord, to follow these principles and apply them to their life. And Father, whatever the outcome, may you receive all the glory and honor. With heads still bowed right now and eyes are closed, dear Christian, would you right now just make that decision with all your anxiety and all your cares? And right now, would you say, Lord, I'm going to trust you now. I want to trust you. Father, I want to delight in you now. I want to commit my way to you now. And Father, I'm going to rest in you and wait patiently for you. Would you do that, Christian? Just cast it all on him because he cares for you. If you're not a believer this morning, you've never asked Christ to be your Savior, trusted him to save you from your sin, you're not sure you're going to heaven, would you accept him by faith right now? If you believe that simple gospel, that pure gospel, that Jesus died for you on that cross and took your sins upon himself and rose from the dead, and you know that he is the only one that can save you, then now is the day of your salvation. Would you pray a simple prayer like this with me now? Say, dear Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner and I'm sorry for my sin. I believe you died on that cross for me and took the punishment for my sin. Come into my heart right now. Wash my sins away 
And I receive you today as my very own Savior. Thank you for dying for me and rising from the dead, Lord Jesus. And with it still bowed, if you gave your heart to Christ this very moment, you've been born again spiritually. You are now a child of God. Your sins have been forgiven. Praise the Lord. Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, again for what you've taught us. Thank you for any decisions made, Lord, for your glory to this day. And may we leave here trusting you with all our heart. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.